That's Idiot Wind, take six, Bob Dylan, for more blood, more tracks. It's 98.9 with the CLC. We are joined now with a special guest DJ, Don Waz. And you had mentioned you had worked with Dylan. You got to actually produce him. Yeah. yeah. So, like, take us before Bonnie Raitt, before Love Shack. What were you doing then up until... So, it, it all seemed to happen so fast where you went from producing these two hit records and then next yeah. thing you know, uh, there you are. You're with Dylan. You're with the Stones. You're with everybody in the 90s. It was a pretty crazy transition. I went from being a pariah to uh, bankable <laughs> in a very short period of time. The odd thing is I wasn't doing anything any differently. Uh, I was just really lucky to hook up with Bonnie Raitt in that period of time. And uh, she, she was just, you know, she was going to make a brilliant album. I always maintain that if a kitty cat had produced Nick of Time, uh, it would have sounded the same. <laughs> that was going to be a, a just a killer record no matter what. And uh, and the month before I did Nick of Time, I, I did uh, Love Shack, you know, the cosmic thing, did half that album, now Rogers did the other half. And uh, so, like I said, I wasn't doing anything any differently than I, I'd be, been doing before, but you just catch some breaks and you'd end up with the right people in the right place at the right time. And then, uh, you know, shortly after they, both of those records won Grammys, uh, I was producing Neil Diamond and uh, Bob Seger and Bob Dylan and Iggy Pop. And, uh, it's, it's crazy how life works. <laughs> we get these questions so often from musicians saying, what's it going to take for me to... to to break through to get whatever it is and so for you through all those years playing bars playing Mm -hmm. gigs doing whatever tell us about the importance of a break well everybody gets breaks uh you have to be persistent to to catch the break uh uh, i know you surf it's a little bit like surfing it really is you know you go out if you don't know how to catch a wave you know, you, you go out there and you practice and you just stay at it and you will catch a wave and then you will stand up eventually, you know. Uh, but you, you don't really control the waves. <laughs> but you can learn how not to fall off the board sort of, you know. So you, you just pr- prevail, man. And you got to recognize a break when you get one and, and uh, maximize uh, the opportunity. But it even seems like, you know, when I get that question so much from people, I get the feeling, okay, they're not happy with where they are right now. They're waiting for whatever it is to hit for them to maybe break this. But you seemed happy playing, like, in a trio in a bar. Yeah, you know, it's if you if you really want to know the truth of the matter, it's it's the journey. That's the fun part. Really, you know, like, I'll tell you the truth, man. You know, like, when you hit your 40s, uh, you go through... Uh, period that comedians refer to as you know midlife crisis Carl Jung writes a little more deeply about it and it's we all go through it so and no one ever prepares you for it uh, but winning the Grammy for producer of the year kind of set me spinning for a little while because it's not actually receiving the trophy it was all the fun that I had leading up to it and all the people I'd met and all the cool nights at five o'clock in the morning where something magical happened in the studio and that's that's the real pay and i I had to 
it took a little bit of readjustment to realize that. But when they say it's the journey, that's that's, that's really the truth. The actual ends don't equal the the value of the experience leading up to it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Man. <laughs> it's that Just be be here now, man. That's what, yeah. But, uh, I remember reading an interview once with Frank Sinatra. Uh, where he was making a record during the day in Hollywood, then he'd f get on a private plane and fly to Las Vegas, and uh, and he'd do Rat Pack, and then he'd come back, and he, oh yeah, before he did the record sessions, he was filming scenes for a movie too, all at the same time. And they said, "How do you do all that?" He said, "Just be a hundred percent at the thing that you're present for." So when you're shooting the movie, be a hundred percent the actor. When you get to the studio, be a hundred. Don't be worrying about the other stuff or regretting what came before. We're with Don Wasn't. You wear plenty of hats with with Blue Note, with your producing, playing bass tonight, which we haven't even mentioned yet. That Don, <laughs> the reason Don is in town is he's playing bass with Bob Weir tonight uh, at the State Theater for that sold out show. Which we'll get to more of that stuff in a minute. But I, I I got off track when I originally wanted to ask you about Dylan. There was one story that I'd heard you tell about you know. This here's a moment for you get to have worked with the guy that you've looked up to for so long, and you were given a cassette at the end of the first day's sessions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Do you mind telling that story? Yeah, and no, I'd be happy to tell that story. Um, yeah, we the very first day uh, we recorded, we had uh, he didn't tell us what songs we were going to do, so we didn't tell him who the musicians were. So we had a band with Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimmy Vaughan and David Lindley. And I painted myself into the picture on bass. Kenny Aronoff was playing drums. Uh, and so Bob came in, and the song that we were going to cut, we cut it in like the first 10 minutes. So then it was like, well, let's, let's do more. We got this band here. So we're talking about what to do. And the engineer ran uh, a tape of all of the entire session and all the conversations, and he gave it to me afterwards. And I put it on while I was driving home, and I ended up in a part where Bob was telling me what he wanted to do, and I was telling him why it wasn't going to work before we tried it. <laughs> and and I, I pulled over. I was sick to my stomach. Uh, it made me nauseous to hear myself just block his idea because it didn't fit my preconceived notions of what a Bob Dylan record should be like and try to force him into something else that wasn't what he really wanted uh, to do. And I learned from that. I mean, uh, that, that haunts me. That was 30 years ago, 30 years ago this year. Yeah. We're actually, like, right about now. If we check the dates, that was, it was 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I'll, I'll try not to repeat that mistake ever again. You know? Did you have a conversation with him after that? I not immediately afterwards uh, i in in retrospect i'm amazed that he came back and and continued to make the record with me i would i'd split on a guy who did that you're there to help them explore possibilities nothing should be impossible if if an artist wants to chase up an idea and you respect that artist you should be willing to spend 3 4 days chasing up something that might be a load of crap but you do it anyway Jimmy Iovine once told me, he said, Don, never produce an artist that you mind losing an argument to. In other words, if you don't respect him enough to lose the argument, you, you shouldn't be producing the record. That was good advice. We're with Don Wall as a guest DJ today. We've got more music coming up for you. 
in just a couple of minutes.